Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, kiddo. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Furious. Why? What happened? I can't find my notes. You need to come over and and tell me what is happening with my computer. I'm sorry, but you have to. Because I purposely sat here yesterday, went through my notes. It's all ready to go. I turned on the computer today. Can't find them anywhere. Thought they were in my Word document. No, they're not there. They're not in my Excel sheet. I'm like, where the fuck are these things? That's weird. Uh, And are you checking, like, do you have them on normal Word or do you have them on, like, Google Word document? I don't know. Don't don't ask me technical questions. (laughs) All I know is... Ever since my stupid Kindle started exporting my notes wrong, out of order, and I've had to do it on my phone or whatever, it never, ever comes out the right way. I don't even know. I try to open Word. It says error. It's not going to open. I'm over it. So I'm putting in my notice. If you don't come over and fix this for me, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. I'm serious. Remember when I said I'm to the point in my life where I only do things I want to do? I can hardly even clean my house. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but I did. Yesterday, I did an amazing job. I vacuumed. I I transplanted four rose bushes. I decluttered my living room and my guest room. It was amazing. I rearranged my plants in the living room. Of course, my craft room looks like a bomb blew up because everything got thrown in here and the door got shut. (laughs) But hey, the front room looks great, I bet. Every time I try to get up after I've sat, I'm just so stiff and old and tired. Probably because you did so much stuff yesterday. You're probably sore from that. Well, I shouldn't be. I'm only 25. Why the hell would that be happening already? (laughs) Mentally, Uh I'm five. So do I need to actually come over there? No, do I need to... go ahead. Start. I don't care. Do you want me, me to share can... my notes with you so you at least see the shitty notes that I have? No, I'm going to, I'm going on my phone right now and opening my notepad. And also I have to tell you this morning I got up, I got up at like quarter to seven. Every morning I have this routine. I'm wearing my underwear and a man's cotton undershirt. That's what I sleep in. Because I can't have a man, I'll take the shirt. And I go let the dogs out to go to the bathroom. So it's early in the morning and I realized I'm getting dickmatized by the Scotsman calendar that my friend Emma gave me for Christmas. (laughs) And I'm just standing there for I don't know how long. I'm in a daze and all of a sudden Angel, who never shuts up, barks at the sliding glass door because she can see me standing there but i'm not letting her in so she doesn't know what the hell's going on i'm like Mm -hmm. oh yes yes just a minute let me put this down 
<laughs> step away really, from I'm the like, calendar. Step away from the calendar because really I'm like, how long have I been standing here staring? I didn't do anything I normally do. Get move the calendar into my office. So if I gaze <laughs> out on you while we're doing this, you'll know why. You'll oh, have geez. to snap your fingers and tell me to come back. I wanted to remind people that if they go on our Instagram bonded books podcast there's a link in our bio and we put all of the books that we review for the podcast on an amazon shopping list that everybody can view so that way if you want to read any of the books that we review that's a really quick and easy way to find the books or to see a list of all the stuff that we've done easily oh that makes me think of a note I had a friend of mine that I used to work with a long time ago. We reconnected on Facebook. Anyway, she started listening to our podcast and following us. And she called me one day and she goes, the panty rating, what is the scale of the panty rating? So the maximum number of panties we give is five. So we rate on a scale of one to five, if you're lucky, negative, whatever, if you're not so lucky. They're wet panties. That's even better. So we have a scale and a subscale, right? (laughs) We have what I would call guidelines for the rating. We should stick Mm -hmm. between one and five. I think some books might have warranted more. We've definitely had negative. I think I said bloomers one time. So (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm. And I used to have to wear those under my Catholic girl school uniform. Oh, sounds terrible. Well, at least you didn't have freaking pervy priests or little boys looking up your skirt at your underwear. True. All right. So uh, are you ready to talk about this book? Yes. All right, go ahead. Today's book is Mail Order Minotaur, a sweet and steamy monster romance by Lilith Stone. And it is book one in the Motham City Monsters book. Okay, I'm just going to apologize in advance because I continue to read the city as Mothman, not Motham. Me too! Oh my god! That is so funny. I did the exact same thing. And I thought, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I keep seeing this as Mothman? I don't know. I even see in my very first note for chapter one, I even wrote down Mothman City. (laughs) It's Motham as in Gotham from Batman, but with an M. But just know that my brain only functions as well as it does. So I'm probably going to misstate it. We're speed reading. So if we blur letters together, that's what happens, right? It's my excuse. Chapter one starts with the female main character. Her name is Ivy. She's a human and she is a tour group leader with a company called Beast Hunters. She gives tours in Motham City, which opened about a decade ago to humans. And she also has a rival tour company called Trixie's Tours. And by comparison, Ivy's tours are kind of lame. They stay on what I would call the brighter side of Motham. Whereas Trixie's tours go everywhere, including the seedy spots, which is kind of what the humans want to see. And so Trixie's tours is doing better than beast hunters at this point ivy is a very straight laced individual 
but she does get a little breathless when she thinks about minotaurs. She becomes all kinds of horny and ready to hit that. Something just takes over her. On that day that she's giving this tour and she sees Trixie's tours nearby, she kind of decides she's going to make a last minute change to the itinerary and she's going to take her tour to an area known as the Purple Lantern District, which I guess is the monster version of the Red Light District. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So then chapter two is from the point of view of the love interest. His name is Bryn. I have to admit that I absolutely hated his name being Bryn because I have known women with that name. So it really kind of threw me every time I saw it because I had to keep reminding myself that that was the male character and not the female character. That was just a personal thing for me. It threw me off right away. I knew it was a guy because when I used to listen to Alice Radio, one of the producers on the show was named Bryn. That's kind of like the name Dana. Like for me, I've only known men named Dana, but I know there are women that have the name Dana, right? It's probably just whoever you meet first with that name is kind of how you always associate it. I've known both. And I think it has to do with the impression that they give you. If you hate them, it's going to be the first thing you... Isn't there a name that you said you absolutely hate because it reminds you of somebody? I know there is Um, for me. Well, I'm sure at the time we had this conversation, I said one name, but I'm older now. So I have many names I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can understand that. So anyways, Bryn works in the Purple Lantern District... He's a business owner. We'll talk about his business more in depth in a bit. He's working in his office, I guess, when he sees the Beast Hunters bus pull up. And Mm -hmm. it kind of throws him because he's never seen them before. But he's just kind of like intrigued, like, what is this? And so he goes, he's kind of like looking from his shop window, what have you. And then he goes outside, watches this woman who we know is Ivy. So I just have a note from when Bryn sees the female main character for the first time so there's a vampire nearby his name is vlad he is looking out his shop window he's um, got his fangs out the three of them at the same time in the street so it says Mm -hmm. the woman froze the expression on her face like she'd just been dropped into a den of hungry lions then she swung around and stared straight across at bryn A zing of electric energy bolted down his spine. His cock bucked. What the fuck? Bryn prided himself on being an expert at the game of love. Heck, as a male escort, it had brought him a decent livelihood over the past decade. But in all that time, he'd never reacted to a human like this. Like he was destined to mate with her, which was crazy because he'd never set eyes on her before in his life. I love the fact that he runs this male escort. Of Minotaurs, <laughs> because they're supposed to be the absolute top echelon of pleasuring a woman in bed. Yes, apparently they have some special features and things that they do. And so he's got, I think it says later in the book, he's got about 15 employees that work for him. All Minotaurs, yes. of course. They cater to human women. As Ivy's tour group is kind of out and about, there's kind of a kerfuffle let me pull out a very bizarre word for you yes (laughs) is that that like a snuffleupolis what is that (laughs) it's like a calamity yeah oh okay 
there's some incident that happens in the street between one of the people from the tour group and somebody who I guess lives and works in the purple lantern district. And so as this thing is happening, Ivy ends up getting hit. And of course, Bryn is there instantly and he whisks her away to kind of take care of her. He basically picks her up physically and takes her so she's mm -hmm. being held by him and she thinks that his chest was covered in fine very soft brown fur he smelled delicious an aroma that reminded her of exotic spices mixed with a sweet male muskiness that was utterly intoxicating yeah but then this kind of made me laugh because like 30 seconds later she thinks even in her state of shock ivy couldn't help notice how tight his butt was in those jeans and the neat little slit in the seam from which his glossy tail hung thick and heavy. I think that was probably supposed to be sexy, but it really just made yeah. me laugh the way she describes his pants and his tail. <laughs> yeah, I know. It made me kind of gag. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Well, and then there was all this, not all this emphasis, but why do you mention this if it doesn't come into play later in the book? Because it doesn't. Doesn't like, it? His tail is very sensitive for him. And if she touches it, he gets mm. really more hot and bothered than he was. The woman was fighting with a succubus. There's all mm -hmm. different kinds of monsters in this monster area. There's even ones that I don't think I've ever heard of before. Or maybe she just kind of makes them up for the story. But yeah, it's a plethora of monsters in this area. Motham City is essentially a refuge for monsters to come to where they can live and do their own thing and they kind of have their own rules and government. It's kind of like their own oasis, I suppose. Yeah, apparently there was some kind of big war. And so they have built the city back up from annihilation. And there is societal divisions, depending on where you live. Like there's a, the upper echelon rich human place. There's the in-between. There's the regular human place. And then there's this motham city for the monsters mm -hmm. there's a lot of bigotry going on between the humans and the monsters yeah they're definitely divided not just in terms of location but in terms of how they view each other so Bryn does take her back to his office, which is called Mail Order Minotaur. He bandages her up. Like we said, Bryn is the owner of a sex for hire establishment or an escort service. I suppose you could do things other than that with your escort. I don't know why you would, but okay. And I don't know why you wouldn't. What do you mean you don't know why you would? No, like you could just go to dinner, I guess, or hang out with them. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, but there's more going on for his establishment. So by the end of this chapter, Ivy ends up asking him if he's for hire. He says he's not, but then she mm -hmm. kind of backpedals and she says, oh, no, 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 no. I, I was asking for a friend. And he's yeah. like, okay, like, don't believe you at all, but I'll play along. So he ends up giving her a business card and says, for your friend, wink, wink, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we also find out that Bryn takes money from his business to help pay for his mom's care and medication um his mom had gotten injured a few years ago his dad had passed away and Bryn is the oldest child with four younger siblings he's 29 and i think his youngest sister is five but i could be wrong yeah. she's 
she's pretty young. Her name's Mia. And so because Bryn is taking care of his mom and his siblings and his dad passed away, kind of has hardened him to love. And he's not really interested in finding a mate because he realizes how quickly all of that can get taken away from you. Well, also, there isn't there some at some point in their life, they go into the the breeding trance and he wasn't there yet. It says kind of, I guess it's like the Minotaur version of a biological clock because it's that's also another reason why Bryn stopped working for his own company because after a while, I think he was around 25 or so, none of that interested him. He really was only interested in something serious, I guess. So he didn't want something casual, but at the same time, he didn't necessarily want oh, something God. serious because he doesn't have the time or he's not like opening himself up for a big commitment like that, I guess, is what I should say. Mm -hmm. So we get a little bit more of the background on the towns, which you kind of covered. There was a small town where most of the humans worked, lived in this town, worked in Motham. That town is called Between. I thought that was kind of cute. And yeah. there was another town further away, was gated, old kind of fancier town called Tween. Motham City started as a place to herd monsters after the Great War from two centuries ago. It says, in theory, monsters were still controlled by humans, but the reality was the monsters had their own economy now, with their own laws and policing. Some were even growing wealthy on their business enterprises. Yeah, so they had previously acted, they were submissive to the humans. It's really kind of creepy, I think. Yeah, there's a little bit of a background on some of the monsters there. They're selkies that run the deep sea fishing fleets. And it says their yeah. chowders were to die for, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Vampires fashioned the most elegant suits and evening gowns. And werewolves ran the, Ab I don't know what this word is, actually, abidors and made the most delectable small goods. Maybe I should just Google yeah, this word. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Oh, God, it's a slaughterhouse. That's a word for slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. Gross. It's a British noun or something for slaughterhouse. Okay, well, all right. I guess it kind of makes sense if they're werewolves. And then it says, and minotaurs. Well, minotaurs pleased humans, it would seem. Which that was funny. Mm. Yeah. We get a little bit of info on one of Ivy's neighbors. Her name is Shauna, and she sells real estate in Motham. She ends up coming into this book a lot as we get further along and becoming more and more of Ivy's friend. So I'm thinking she's probably one of the female main characters in a future book in the series. I think oh, she's I'm also sure right. Too, right? Yeah, she is. Um, I have uh, one note for chapter six. And uh, my note for chapter six is that I'm skipping it because it's about Bryn's family. And I found the entire storyline about his family boring and I didn't care about it at all. Well, yeah, I read it and I was bored out of my mind. I'm like, I don't, this book is too long. I didn't skip reading it. I'm just skipping it for like talking about it because it, I I really like kind of appreciate that he has such a good relationship with his family. And it's not mm -hmm. often that you see a male character in a book taking care of his family like this and being so dedicated right. but right. his mom and his siblings like they show up a lot in the book it to me it was too much yeah and 
he's always thinking about them. They're there. They have dialogue. It was just a lot. That's just a personal thing for me. So kind of skipping that, then we get back to Ivy. She is talking to her boss. His name is Harold. And Harold actually likes the idea of kind of freshening up the tours like Ivy tried to do. And he ends up asking her to get a mentor from Motham and come up with a proposal for a new tour route, kind of the topics that she would cover in the conversation on the tour. And this actually gives her the perfect opportunity to pull out that card from Bryn and give him a call and orchestrate a meeting with him. And that's what she does. I mean, her boss also tells her, you need to dress a little more flashier because that's what Trixie's does. And she's like, you mean sequins and leather pants? And he's like, no. <laughs> Just a little more. <laughs> un you're too buttoned up. Prim and proper. Ivy kind of dresses like what I would picture like an old-fashioned librarian dressing up as. I think she's wearing yes. pencil skirts, buttons to her neck, buns in her hair. She's definitely yeah. not dressing her age. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But of course, now that she is meeting with Bryn, there she has to get a new outfit because for her, even though it's a business meeting, she does kind of like him because she's got that weird fascination with Minotaurs. So she goes with Shauna, buys a new dress. They meet for dinner. They have a pretty good conversation. And this was a good way to figure out things about him, the town a little bit of background on her. She ends up, of course, asking him a lot of questions about his business because she's personally interested in them. He gives her the whole business spiel, one of which he says is that Minotaurs are copious producers, if you get my gist, and that's a big turn on for some women. So I guess they're kind of like orcs in that respect. I don't know. <laughs> They're a cum fountain, apparently. I I don't know why that would be a turn on, but okay. Yeah, and I don't even really know why this was one of the things that he thinks about or mentions repeatedly. It's brought up a few times in the book. Because when they do finally hook up, I don't feel like he was anything special than like a normal person in terms of like what he's doing. Unless I'm totally misremembering it. But you I just, are. okay. Cause I was like, it's going to be like insane. Like how maybe because the bar for this is Finley Fen, which is just like yeah. insanity <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> anything less than that amount is just not a lot to me. It's laughable. That's where I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the only thing he said in reference to that when they finally do hook up is he wore condoms that, because they're having sex for the first time and he doesn't want to get her pregnant. But he tells her, you know, he they mention that he has to get the magnum size to hold all his cum when he comes. And the after he does come, he does mention the fact that the cum, it, the condom is filled to the brim the thing i appreciated about those was that the brand was labyrinth which made me chuckle yes i had that highlighted in my notes that have disappeared off the face of the earth but go ahead <laughs> okay so they while they're at dinner they talk a little bit about ivy's life and the whole time they're eating dinner they're both thinking about how much they're attracted to one another and she at the end of dinner, she goes to grab a cab and she's actually attacked by something called a feral, which is like essentially, I don't know, a purse snatcher maybe, or just a lawless person 
this, whatever this feral creature was, it clawed her up a little bit and it stole her purse. It tells you later in the book that they're a cross between, don't they, some lab experiment gone awry and that they're having a hard time surviving. Maybe. And so now that she's injured again... He mm-hmm. ends up taking her back to mail order Minotaur to check out her bruises. <laughs> she ends up saying that she got hurt high up on her thigh, which leads to them having a little bit of sexy times in his office. Well, she wants thought- his hands to go further up her leg. She hurt her ankle. And so he's carefully tending to her ankle and she just starts saying, you know, I think what the upper leg hurts too. Can you check that? And one thing leads to another. Yes, of course it does. And so um, while he's doing things to her, he tells her, you taste divine, Arud Dodd. Arud mm-hmm. saying those wrong. And he thinks the words were unfamiliar to her, but they were spoken with so much emotion Oh, this is her thinking it. Sorry, it's her chapter. The words were unfamiliar to her, but they were spoken with so much emotion that Ivy glanced up at him shyly from under her lashes. What does that mean? She whispered. He shifted away from her suddenly, stared at her as if momentarily dazed. It's Minotaur for that was amazing. He said, finally, his tone stiff. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) Ivy sensed he wasn't telling the truth. And he's then he, also, he tells her he's he's gonna freak her out and she's gonna run away. Well, then he thinks, of course, like you're saying, he doesn't tell her this. No Minotaur said them lightly. There was no exact translation, but they were only ever spoken at times of deep mate bonding. Why then had they slipped so easily from his lips? I like this, how he decides he's gonna end up making her fall in love with him by giving her a lot of pleasure and being super nice to her. And then he'll tell her what those words mean. That's funny that you say that because my note actually right now is that Bryn really started to annoy me at this point because he's had these multiple instances of attraction to her and this bonding. But to me, it felt like he was continually denying what was happening or what those things actually meant throughout the story. Well, he thought she was so far above him, first being a human and then being a human from a wealthy family. And he is a lowly ex-sex worker, basically. So he doesn't think it's ever going to become anything. But yeah, you're right. It's repeatedly he thinks that. And so, yes, it does get on your nerves. So now it's a little bit time later and Ivy is doing her first official tour in Motham. And Bryn is supposed to be there not just to support her, but also because, of course, all of these women on the tour are going to want to see his business. He ends up not being there like he's supposed to. So she's kind of confused and freaked out, not sure what's really happening. Did he ghost her? Well, Vlad, that vampire from earlier in the story, of course, he's out again. And he Mm -hmm. tells Ivy that Bryn isn't around because he is helping his beloved angel who broke her arm. So... This is, of course, Bryn's youngest sister, but Ivy doesn't know that. So Ivy thinks, oh, shit, he's got, you know, a wife, a girlfriend, who knows? So she's really upset. They have a few days of not really talking, but the misunderstanding gets resolved fairly quickly, and it ends with them having sex for the first time. I was a little underwhelmed when they finally hooked up. Well, I'll just not say anything until the end. I just felt like 
there's so much about him that's a minotaur that I don't feel like any of it really came into play when they finally do hook up other than, you know, that one thing, like we said, with the labyrinth items. But right, yeah, we can discuss more later. They end up having some more back and forth of internal thoughts about being together from both sides and kind of being accepted. She is worried because her family is from tween and they're so uptight and her dad's a doctor. And she's like, there's absolutely no way they would accept me ever being with a minotaur, but I'm falling in love with him. What do I do? And then on the flip side, Bryn is having those thoughts of she's too good for me. Right. I'm a former escort and a minotaur. So they kind of want to make it work, but they're not really sure how. Her family ends up coming to her house. I think they came to like check on her or something. She ends up talking to them because Bryn was there and he pretends to be a maintenance worker. And so he leaves a little ashamed and she talks to her family about it and says, no, actually I'm dating him. I really like him. And then this whole thing comes out, which I was actually very surprised about. I don't know why I should have seen this coming, but I didn't find see out, it either. Yeah. Her family actually has Minotaur ancestors, so they can be together without issue after all. But her parents kept this whole thing a secret from her for her entire life. Her entire family did it, essentially. Yeah, because Minotaurs are not accepted by humans. Oh, and the worst so part is when they were saying through the generations, if a baby was born with a tail, they would cut it off at birth. Until they finally bred it out of their generation. So it turns out her dad actually has little tiny horns. But you can't yeah. really see them because they're under his hair. Let's hope he doesn't go bald. And he's like super respected. There's a town council. He sits on the town council. And he's this really well-known doctor. So he's basically passing. Yes, he's a big old hypocrite is what I think he is. Yeah. And the mother, too, because when she tells her mother that she's dating this Minotaur or they they find out, they freak out. and They're like, oh, you can't do that. That's horrible. No. Why are you doing this? That whole conversation is where I have the end of my notes for the book other than the epilogue. Okay. So because that her parents fessed up, now Ivy and Bryn can be together. So the epilogue is actually three months after the birth of Ivy and Bryn's twins. The names are Amelia and Luke. I'm partial to one of those, as we know. <laughs> yes. It says that the kids were, I don't know, are they children or Minotaur babies? I'm not sure. But they are in the 98th percentile for Minotaur babies' weight and height. Then they're minotaurs. And, uh, yeah, I guess they must look like minotaurs. And I'm not sure. But yeah. anyway, so that's essentially how the book ends. And I did look up the rest of the books in the series. And Shauna is book three in the series. For some reason, book two, maybe it was like a holiday random novella from something. It's from some character I don't remember being mentioned at all in this book. But Shauna, the friendly neighbor real estate mm -hmm. agent, is book three. And that book actually comes out January 19th. So in about a week. Oh, it's not out yet. Okay. Mm -mm. So what'd you think of this book? It felt too long for me. There was too much back and forth with Bryn and his feelings. He kept denying that she was his mate, which I don't like. Even though he kept having all of these instant attractions to her, he wasn't accepting it. 
I don't like how much emphasis was put on his family. I guess because they're not the main characters and I could have done with less interaction about them. Hearing right. about them is one thing, but they were always around either physically or in conversations or in the back of their mind. I would have just liked more emphasis on them. And then I just felt like when they did finally hook up, it was kind of underwhelming. Maybe because it's supposed to be sweet and I'm not yeah. really like, sweet person i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) me too i thought this book is way too sappy for me yeah and then i'm just kind of like what was the point of him being a minotaur like there were so many things that could have happened that didn't so for me i'd give it like two two and a half panties because it was okay it was kind of underwhelming overall Well, for me, I did not like this book for a lot of reasons. The main reason was he wasn't like a shifter that shifted into a minotaur. She was actually talking about the fur on his body and, you know, having sex, holding onto his horns and all this stuff, which is fine. But it's to me, it's like crosses a line into bestiality. And I'm not into that at all. I don't want to fuck an animal. I don't want to read about people fucking an animal. If he shifted, if that was his shifter half, that would have been better to me. I also thought it was too sweet. I also thought it was too long. And it was just not my cup of tea. It just, maybe for somebody that just starts reading about these paranormal romance books and shifters, that's, this might be one that they start with. But for me, uh, it was just anticlimactic and it it felt way too long. And it really wasn't even that long of a book. It's not, it's a little over 200 pages. So yeah, it does feel way longer than it is. Yeah, so for me, I would probably only give this a book one dry panty because nothing she does with him is, to me, hot. Yeah, I, I just did not enjoy it. The instant mm. he does have unprotected sex with her, he throws a pillow under her hips and tells her, you know, you're going to have my baby. It was just too too much of we're going to we're happy instantly we're going to get married instantly you're instantly my mate and instantly we're going to have children oh yeah i forgot about that this has the breeding trope shauna's book would be better because hers is with an orc so (laughs) that we could do that Mm, we might enjoy that more but what if she ruins orcs for us i don't know if i'm willing to You don't remember the name of the person for the second book, or do you? The second book is called The Gargoyle Grinch, and it says... Oh, yeah, the gargoyle was the one that found her purse after she got robbed, and it's his really good friend that has this detective agency that's parking, that's protecting the city. I think the female's main character's name was Maisie? Let me look it up. It was the woman that didn't sound familiar to me at all but maybe she yeah her name is Maisie and his name is Grayson Lightfoot and he's a security guard and he's described as being scary looking and huge and having wings and everything but I guess I want to shift her yeah it's funny how like to me I feel like this gargoyle book and the orc book wouldn't bother me you're right when it comes to something like the minotaur I want them to be a little more human-ish. Well, because gargoyles and orcs 
don't exist, but the Minotaur is too close to a, a longhorn cow. True. I mean, even, and it's funny because this cover, I kept calling him when you and I were talking about this book, I kept calling him a werewolf. Because... You scared me so bad last night. I thought for sure I read the wrong book. I'm like, oh shit, she's going to kill me. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. I think something about the cover and how he looks in the cover, just that very very quick side eye glance just kept yeah. saying werewolf to me but yeah well he's got horns so i don't know where that came from but okay yeah i am not interested in reading any more of those of those books i'm sorry what else have you been reading i have been reading let me see let me get into my library i've read a couple more t.s joyce books i okay. read the Wolves of Promise. I finished book two and I finished book three. Okay. All, yeah. I like them. Now I'm starting on book four. But I really don't want to get into anything because I'm just waiting for the Sarah Moss book to drop. Are we going to that thing? Yes. Good. Okay. Well, I better get my dress hemmed. It's too long to wear my costume too. But yeah, I'm so excited about this book dropping that I'm seriously going to turn my phone off and I, I'm not doing the podcast. I'm not going to my groups. I'm not doing anything. I'm dying to read this book. And I, I hate that this woman is such a good writer that she's killing me. <laughs> literally killing me well i did hear and i have not researched it to verify if this is true but uh -oh. i did hear that the ending for the new release and actually the entire book was leaked and no! so i saw a lot of don't tell uh, me don't, don't no spoil i anything. didn't see I didn't see anything that said what the ending was or anything having to do with the story. Everything I saw was people saying like, be careful. They are seeing things on TikTok or <gasps> Instagram or posts that people are posting and they're accidentally seeing things that are spoiling oh, the book for them. So that's horrible. I'm, Why would people do that? I don't know. So I, people are I, I Fuck. So I'm going to be avoiding social media as much as possible, I think, between now and yeah. the end of the month, because I don't want to have any spoilers. I love all of the theories and all of the, not necessarily conspiracy theories, but all the ideas that people have of what might be happening in this book or how things tie together or what's going to happen to certain characters. I'm all about that. I will read those all day long, but I don't want to see something that's actually yeah what happened in the book i want to just read the book you and i are going to that release party and then i actually took two days off of work so that i can just sit here and fucking read the book nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah uh and you'll be done in two days i won't be yeah i will be done very quickly if not sooner than two days i tried to put off reading the first Crescent City book, or was it the second one? I can't remember. I tried to put it off for a little while. I think I lasted like a month or two, which is shocking. But then when yeah. I finally did read it, I think I read it in less than two days. And do you remember, wasn't I the one that pushed you and pushed you to read that first book? And you kept saying, it's so long, it's so long. Yes. You're welcome. Yeah. It's funny because there's things about the 
that series from her that I really like. And there's other things that I don't like that bother me. But overall, I don't want to hear really any of them. your I don't want to hear any of your negativity in any of those books. I will <laughs> not stand for it. Stop okay. nitpicking until you win a Pulitzer Prize for a shifter book that is above and beyond. Don't. Don't you dare say <laughs> negative things about her writing. I, I won't say negative things about her writing. There's just some characters I like more or, or less. And, well, I but I love all normal. of her books, though. I'm so obsessed with Rowan. I will never forget my beloved Rowan. I, I just can't. I read two books. Well, sort of. Okay. I tried to read the book that went along with that new Netflix movie, Fool Me Once. By Harlan Coben. Did you watch that movie? No, the movie looked kind of good, but I wanted to read the book first because I kind of like suspense and I haven't read one in a really long time. I yeah, had to either. DNF it at 8%. Oh my gosh. Wow. Did you watch That's the movie? Sad. No, I saw it and I was going to watch it. I totally binged all of Ted Lasso and I loved that show so much there was only three seasons and it ended at at the end of the third season mm -hmm. and i loved all those characters and the writing so much i literally cried when it ended Aww. i'm like no i don't want it to end they're all so good it's really good it's a it's a feel good believe it or not there's a lot of humor in it and there's a lot of make you feel good moments in it have you started that at all are you watching it no i have no desire to watch it i've heard You're... good things about it but i'm not interested in watching it it doesn't look interesting to me at all <laughs> i well who thought i would love a freaking soccer or foot english football who thought i would get into it i was totally into it i loved all the characters i need to adopt somebody that will actually watch the shit i watch so that we can discuss <laughs> because you i don't even bother telling you anymore because you i don't think you've watched anything i've asked you to watch no probably not i'm watch i'm just too much of the reality tv because i can focus for maybe an hour on tv a day and even then if it's not really interesting to me i'm scrolling on my phone the whole time and then i get pissed off because i'm like what's the point of me even bothering to watch because this. you're watching reality TV. If you watch good re regular television, you would be able to last more than an hour. And speaking of reality TV, when does the next season of Vanderpump Rules drop? Oh, why are you asking? Are you going to watch it? <laughs> yes, of course I'm going to watch it. I think it actually comes out at the end of this month. I'm currently watching a TV show called The Traders on Peacock. I'm sure you can watch it on Hulu, but I'm watching it on Peacock. Is it any good? What's it about? I like, so I like it. It's a reality TV show competition. I absolutely love the host. And oh, it's set in Scotland. And I'm going to write this so, down. The Traders. Okay. The host is Alan Cumming. He's an awesome actor absolutely love him a million years ago he was in x-men he also did oh. the good wife and a ton of other things if you saw him you would recognize him instantly he's a pretty famous actor i'm surprised he's actually hosting this it's a bunch of people the u.s version that's what i'm watching 
is a bunch okay. of reality TV personalities from different shows, either Real Housewives or The Challenge or other Bravo shows or Big Brother, just from all over the place. And so they go to this location in Scotland. There, Say there's 20 of them. And out of the 20 of them, three of them are secretly designated as traitors. They know that they're a traitor. Nobody mm-hmm. else in this location knows that they're a traitor. Say 17 of them are what they call the faithful, the loyal people. And three okay. of them are traitors. And so they have to do challenges to win money. But then sometimes the traitors are sabotaging and they can win immunity. The faithful or the entire group, I should say, meets together once a day or once every couple days and they vote off somebody from the group that they think is a traitor. And when that person gets voted off, they admit if they're a traitor or faithful. But then in addition to that, every night the traitors also meet with the other traitors. So they know who each other is. Oh, okay. And they vote to murder somebody out of the oh house. God. Wow, oh. that's pretty. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Maybe I will watch it. Yeah, you're having about two eliminations an episode. It's pretty good. I like a lot of the reality stars that are there. It's interesting to see them plotting. It's interesting to see them talk when they're trying to figure out who's faithful, who's not. They're pointing out why they think somebody's a traitor Mm-hmm. and kind of the mob mentality that happens with it. Oh, anyway, yeah. season two just released, and there's about three episodes out right now of season two. I finished the last season of Slow Horses. I mm-hmm. loved that show. The guy that plays the boss of the Slow Horses, he should win a freaking Oscar. He is the most obnoxious, gross, disgusting person. <laughs> okay. And when I first started watching the series, I thought, this guy is disgusting. I could barely even look at him. By the end of the third season, he was my favorite person. And I feel like he should win an Oscar. He's absolutely fabulous in the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure that's another show you won't watch. But uh, Emma started (laughs) watching it. And she said, I'm going to, she has to do it when she's ready to pay attention. Because you do have to follow it. There's a lot of... Mm -hmm you know, things going on in the MI5 division and what they uncover. And, uh, Hmm. you know, even though it's MI5, I don't, I'm not really into spy stuff. This show was really beyond the pale. I highly recommend it. Okay. And anybody that wants to become my adopted, um, let's talk about the shows we like to watch, please um, direct message me at the bonded books podcast Instagram site and we will discuss what good television is. Okay. <laughs> and I'll be here when you start watching Vanderpump rules again. So, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of that. I fast forward. They are such a clusterfuck. I cannot believe I can't watch reality TV because a lot of it, people are so horrible. I don't really want to know that there's that many horrible people in the world. But, Mm. you know, there is so much drama in the Vanderpump rules that I just want to see what happens after last season. Last season was mind-blowing. Yes, it was good. 
So I watched one freaking reality show and you're going to bash me for that? Thanks a lot. No, I just say when you start talking about that, I'll jump into this conversation with your oh, new all right, good. TV buddy. <laughs> okay. Yes, that sounds good. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to go so. All right. Have fun. Yes. You have fun too. All right. All bye. right. Bye, honey. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media.